0: Welcome to the Wrestling With Your Calling podcast with Dr. Conrad Davies. This podcast is intended to help unleash potential at your burning bush. As your fellow traveler and coach, my part is to help activate, cultivate and empower you on the journey. Our stories have phases, many phases. I want you to listen to Pastor Derek Warnick talk about the different phases of his journey from a young man in his teenage years getting saved to his journey in different leadership positions, and now he's soon to be lead pastor of a church in another state. What's powerful is that his story is still in progress and his story is not over yet, but the Lord has prepared him time and time again for the things that he's about to encounter. Tune in today and listen to Pastor Derek Warnick share his story. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Wrestling With Your Calling with Conrad, Dr. Conrad Davies. Today, I've got a special guest with me and uh, someone I've known for a while, but yet over time, we have just gotten closer over these last number of months, um, Pastor Derek Warnick um former pastor here in lexington he's now going to be transitioning to another church but he's just been a great pastoral heart pastoral friend um it's been great to fellowship over the last um, number of months as we've talked and so derek i just want to thank you for getting getting on this podcast with me and spend some time with me
1: yeah absolutely i'm glad to come on yeah i appreciate you and your friendship so much
0: yeah bro i'm excited well i'm excited about what we're going to talk about we've kind of prepped a little bit and got us got ourselves ready for it but uh you know, as we were talking, first of all, I would love for you just to kind of give us a little bit of your background, how you came to know the Lord, um, just to so just a little bit of your story to bring us to the present. But then I want to lead with a question of just this wrestle with being a pastor or just, the, and, and again, you may not use that language wrestle, but I'm just thinking about as we were preparing, I was thinking, what was this journey like? So first parts i'd love to hear just your background how you came to the lord and if you want to integrate and transition into the wrestle go for it and we'll just go from there sure
1: um yeah i grew up here in kentucky i'm one of three I always kid i'm a middle brother with older brother tendencies um, my older brother's five years older and my younger brother's 18 months younger and so um I don't know if you follow the roles of, of kids, but that's kind of where I, I, <laughs> I kind of land. If you know me a little bit, that might not be too surprising. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we grew up in a Christian home. Um, I don't know if people will be seeing this um, or just hearing us, but if you look at me, you wouldn't know I'm half Italian. My mom was 100% Italian. Um, her main name is Aloisi. I clearly look like my father. For those that they can't see me, I have red beard. <laughs> um look like kind of like a lumberjack i'm even wearing my plaid today so um <laughs> but anyway we grew up in a um in a in a catholic home a christian home um couldn't ask for two better parents my mom and dad are amazing uh, my dad um i always thought he spoke with such truth um that in his truth sometimes was hard but it exonerated the uh, it exemplified I should say really the the grace in, in his in his truth speaking and my mom just exemplified grace and in her grace kind of demonstrated and exemplified truth. So kind of having that growing up, there's kind of like a marking on your life, I think. And I think part of my marking, um, there's this wanting to be a a parent and not to like tell someone what they did wrong (laughs) or to discipline necessarily. And not that those are wrong things, but more to encourage people. And I feel, um, so-called engage people, and how I encourage, power equip them. And I feel like there's this beautiful coming together of, of how my parents raised me in that in that way, coupled with how I came to the Lord. Um, and so I came to the Lord through a parachurch ministry called Young Life. Uh, Young Life is um, uh, mission is to reach out to uh, disinterested uh, kids, um, high school students, and middle school students and share um, their lives with people. Um, And so uh, my Young Life leader showed up at my high school and at my basketball games, soccer games. Anyway, um, I ended up going, there's a a camp Young life's known for their camps. And so I went to this camp and I came home and I always kid. um, I was tough. I uh, really came to to encounter the Lord in a way I've never had before. And I came home and I was telling my brother, um, about this camp. And I came out one day early in the morning. I just had a little quiet time, spent some time with the Lord. And I said, Kevin, you need Jesus in your life. And he said, what kind of camp did you go to? <laughs> and uh, uh, ironically, Kevin's the area director now for Lexington Young Life. Um, and so uh, together, I feel like God kind of had sent us on a new path Um, and he kind of does that in twos. If you kind of go back and look at scripture and I feel so, I'm so thankful for Kevin. I thankful for my older brother as well, Rob, uh, but thankful to have him. There's some neat ways where we've been able to do ministry together, even from afar, um, and just have Christ in common Uh, as brothers has been so, so important and so awesome. And so, um, from that point on, and there's more pieces to the story, but, um, by the time I got to my junior year I had a big um, um, had another big transition point where God just become uh, just savior but truly lord of my life mm-hmm. and I started to have quiet times and that's when I kind of dug into the the word and uh, and that's that started changing um, me from the inside out Where I'd um, at 16 years old I would not miss a day without reading my Bible mm-hmm. I remember going to my Cousin's house up in uh, Pennsylvania. My dad and mom both from um, out of the state, and they'd come in like, "What are you? What are you doing?" You know, <laughs> uh, just kind of reading a good book. And um, I didn't know what I was reading half the time. Yeah. For those, who might struggle with what we're actually reading. But God was doing uh, some formative work in my life. Mm. Uh, formative work in my life. Um, when I got into college. I knew I wanted to just lead a group of guys. And I later on, one of my um, one of my um, seminary professors said, always be content to lead a small compadre of people, mm. uh, invest in a small group of people. And I didn't know that at the time, but that's kind of what God had laid on my heart. Mm-hmm. And I think that's part of where that pastoring call had come in. And so um, I was a volunteer young life leader for probably 10 years. Um, my wife and I got married and continued to lead young life here in Lexington and um, we led for another five or six years out of college um, and then I started at centenary um, in their um, recreation ministry leading a, a, a sports program called I am third mm-hmm. which reaches serves uh, people and kids and youth and families of central Kentucky which youth that's where I got to know Conrad mm-hmm. um, he was a, a a loyal coach for us for a long time. And so, um, and so, but then transitioned from, from that into a more pastoral role um, and up to, I was uh, um, to my, where I'm at now, and I'm I'm felt led to take on a a lead pastoral down in North Carolina. And so um, there's a lot of things, I guess, in between that we can um, obviously dive into, but I just, I say all to say is that um, one way I know I'm called to do what I'm doing is that I would be doing it if, even if that wasn't my job mm. wow. um, to develop, to, to, to connect with people, to share Christ, to shepherd people. To, again, the to curse engage people, I encourage the power, equip them. I feel like you can do that in multiple facets. And I feel like there's a, there's this, Belief too that the church has failed or God has failed, and 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 maybe we have some failings, uh, but the church is a city on the hill. That's right. And whenever two or more gather, that God will be with them also, and that we can come together because a quarter through strands is not quickly broken. Right. And so if we come together, um, then our light becomes brighter, hence the city on the hill. It's not called the house on the hill. Mm-hmm. Uh, the city, if at night, if you came onto think about in a time before electricity if you come and you see this light a bunch of light there's hope in that place right coming up to this city on the hill there's hope there uh kind of a flicker in a dark and um and when I, all all those flickers go together it's powerful mm-hmm. and so i think that's um part of the call too where i'm heading in north carolina to help uh, have our lights flicker together to be light and um to the, in the darkness to that area and to those people and how to serve and shepherd um, and engage people, how I encourage and power equip them there. So,
0: that's great, bro. You, you know, when you were talking, there's something you said about, the, I guess the guy, seminary professor potentially, he said always have a small compadre of people that mm-hmm. um, you're leading. Did that from that time period till now, is that something that's a very common thing for you to having a small compadre of people? Sure. Yeah.
1: I
2: think
0: I think um, so. um,
1: I think it was Howard Hendricks. He and I and someone can fact check me on this. I feel like he was at he's at Dallas Seminary, I believe. And I think one of his students was uh, Andy Stanley. um, Which randomly, I had a dream about Andy Stanley. Andy Stanley, if you're watching, um, I had a dream about you. (laughs) Um, but uh in that dream i sorry i was kidding um but what what howard hendricks would say when these guys would come back and obviously in standings led he has thousands of people in his church he didn't ask how big their church was or how big their budget was but how is it with their guys Mm -hmm. and there's something to that um that's so fundamental to the faith Mm -hmm. so fundamental to to laying a life down for our friends, John 15, uh, 13, um, or 13, 15. um, That's so fundamental that we're investing in the, you see Jesus Fest in the three and the 12 and the 72 and the masses. And what's interesting is um, Jesus invites, um, and he has that time alone with the Lord, but he invites each of them into that time at different um, places throughout scripture. But what's interesting is, the the three is always with the twelve, twelve's typically always with the seventy two, and the seventy two's there at the masses. So, so there's there's something about that um, that change. Rarely like does big like big changes happen with big solutions. Usually they happen with uh, uh, small investments um, They're seem small at the time. Um, and so I think there's something there. And so all that to say with your question, I feel like whether I've done that well all the time or not, I feel like there's, I wouldn't even say it's a burden as more of a passion mm-hmm. to ask who, who's God calling me to invest in. Mm-hmm. Um, who's my three, who's my 12. Uh, who's seventy-two? what sort of space am I in right now? Um, and so uh, I think in, in that way, how are we giving our lives away? Mm-hmm. Um, and, as with the power of Christ such that uh, maybe God will transform us and the people that we're um, sharing life with at the same time.
0: Bro, that's powerful I just, I just always, again, every time we talk, I just love this desire to uh, you hear those three E's, you said encourage empower and, and equip. equip, encourage and power people. Mm-hmm. oh, engage, say this so let's say those three again
1: so, for me, it's, it's the calling is how to engage people with how we encourage, empower, and equip them. Those four
0: E's how to engage people with, encourage, empower, and equip them. But I love how you say that because in my mind, it can think, I think every time I think of you, I see this pastoral grace on your life that mm-hmm. says, I want to see people all those E's engaged, encouraged, empowered, and equipped. And then hearing you talk about the, the three and the 12 and the 72. And these small groups that are connected to bigger groups. And then I think about just even your journey from um, just your journey of getting saved. And when and you mentioned being a teenager, that really grabbed my attention as well. Just think, wow, here's this 15, 16 year old um, reading, but not knowing and understanding everything. Wow. Still, the deposits that the Lord was making in your heart and how the seed of the word has remained over time, though you may not fully cognizantly know all the details and all the Greek and the Hebrew or the other theological Mm -hmm. positions there, but to really know that it's there. So encouraged me on so many different dimensions, listening to your, kind of that past story. So with that in mind, um, here you go. You're now about to transition Mm -hmm. to be a lead. Have you been a lead pastor before in any other work?
1: Uh, I've been uh, the lead Pat. Well, I guess of the I'm third ministry, but not of um, a, pri- a primary lead at a church, which is a whole other yeah. interesting thing, because um, the church I'm going to uh, has, well, when I went down and met uh, some folks at the church, one a really sweet lady came up to me and she goes, "You're the youngest pastor we've ever had." <laughs> By a lot, <laughs> <laughs> and so I'm like, thanks. Um, and so I think it, you know, I there's almost disgrace in this God's leadership because um, this is something they haven't done before. You know? Um, And, but yet uh, God, there's clearly his leadership there. I hadn't been ordained yet. Um, I've been ordained as a licensed local pastor, um, but not as a a full elder in the church, uh, which now I I have been after the, um, but at the time when they were interviewing and, and doing the selection that I, that was out plus i was the only one not local mm. so there's a lot of things that went in uh, went to it went into it and there was another position i was interested in actually one of the reasons i don't think i got the position was because they were maybe looking for someone that had some lead pastor experience which i understand mm-hmm. and so i, I even addressed that in the You know, we talked about that in our, in the interview, in our our conversation when I was down there, but there's something there um, that though that's like, there's some clearly things I'll have to learn and grow into. There's such a readiness Mm -hmm. um, for that. There's not a confidence just in yourself or whatever, but that God's with you and almost seeing like problems as opportunities. That's great. And I, I, you know, back to your reconcile deal that we had talked about before, which is amazing, which is great. I went to your that conference, reconcile conference, which is amazing. But to me, conflict, um, our issues, we don't see those. We see the conflict as a negative, not as an opportunity for deepened relationship.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And so I feel like if you're pastoring a church, in, um, and that word probably has a lot of connotations. So you're just serving a church or leading a church. We'll say it like that. Um, I think there's, there's an approach that God's placed on me to see those challenges, those problems, the things that might be viewed as negative as opportunities, really, and how God's going to move creatively, how we're going to work, you know, arrive at the answer, who's going to be a part of that decision-making um, how, to, again, get back to the engaging and encouraging empowered, and equipping. Who's doing that in my life? Who are the people speaking truth in my life? Who am I listening to? Uh, as I, I think I share with you once, I often listen to things I don't need to hear, and I hear far too much that I don't need to listen to. Um, and so who are the voices? What are the voices in my life that I'm allowing to, to speak clearly, allowing the word of God to be primary? Um, but how is that shaping Mm-hmm. Um, who and what um kind of' we coming together, so I'm excited about that opportunity mm-hmm. um there, and so that's the part I had never have led um in that sort of way before, but in some uh I, I can say spirit led way everyone's like ready they're ready to receive me I feel like yes, so, um, uh, and then i'm i'm ready to i'm ready to go um so it's very, I feel very um, thankful and um, humbled that that's opportunity has been presented and just to see how God. Well,
0: let's zoom into readiness. You may, you made a comment about being ready and readiness. You feel like you're ready. What does that look like for you? What Could you point back to maybe other life experiences, past experiences, certain things that you'd say, though you may not have lead. <laughs> pastor experience of a whole church and you have this experience with the unit of a church Mm -hmm. how would you say you're ready and you could wrestle with that a bit unpack that for us
1: yeah so as you know i'm going to uh i'm going back to school and i actually just did a little um wrote a little essay about how i felt like when abraham offered up isaac Mm-hmm. There is a readiness and a willingness, um, and his faithfulness. Those three things mm-hmm. to be a servant of God. Um, and I think those things build off one, one another to be ready a willing and faithful servant. And so the readiness, there has to be this, um, P, this place to be, um, each and every day to be faithful today because we can't be faithful to tomorrow because tomorrow hasn't happened the best way we can be faithful to tomorrow, the best way to set us up is to be faithful today. And so I think centering, so being ready for what God's called me to today. Mm -hmm. So there's a readiness I feel like, and um, like, I don't feel like I'm like outstanding at there's probably people who are really good at multiple things, whether it's maybe teaching or um, maybe it's, um, uh, you know that maybe the people are more math-minded, more creative-minded, um, whatever it is. I, f- I feel like I have. There's a proficiency there in some areas, mm-hmm. uh, but I, f- I, f- I feel like there's a readiness to take on that task, regardless of what it is. And part of that is realizing if there is a weakness or a lacking, or knowing. Um, just let me process this a little bit. Even if there's. Um, knowing I can do it, but knowing that's not really the priority for me right now mm-hmm. is getting people around me to help mm-hmm. support me. And that's been huge, not just having mentors, but having people in your life that can help. Like right now I have, I've gotten help from two or three different tutors during this time, to help me learn Hebrew. Um, since I've started seminary, I have Ann, my wife, she reads all my papers mm-hmm. Um, you know, an elf where they 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 say they, you bring us up a whole octave in a good way. <laughs> I was like, Anne's brought me up by a whole letter grade um, just on having someone be able to review and and mark up your paper, and not be offended by that, which mm-hmm. sometimes can be hard. Yes. Um, and and so there's this readiness, and I think what's happened there's been this like almost like a versatility. Um, uh, kind of almost like if you think about like what's LeBron James's greatest strength. I think you can say different things. I honestly think it's versatility. He can do almost anything. He can be a point guard. He can be a center. He can shoot. He can take it to the basket. He can pass. He's willing passer. He can shoot the last shot, whatever. And I think that's helped him to, he's been able to succeed on three different teams mm-hmm. um, championships, which is pretty incredible. Um, and not to compare myself to, Le- to, Le- to Lebron or anything, but just to say, I think there is something when you're in a in a role like that, like a, um, a that sort of pastoral role, or other role, there's a kind of being able to um, have some versatility to both what you can do and how to bring a team together, mm-hmm. um, and so that's where my readiness, I think, comes from, and I think from when I when I was doing I am third. You know, we have it's the largest, I think soccer league, or at least it was one of the larger youth programs, in all the state of Kentucky. You you encounter thousands of people with thousands of different personality types and it's sports so it can get competitive, which is great. But then I always say you wanna be as you want to be competitive and you wanna try as hard as you want to win, but <laughs> hopefully we experience what it is the win, and what it means to lose. But um, but there's a way of refocusing us and that. And so, because of sports and because of where we're at, um, tensions get high. And I feel like I can, there's been uh, multitudes of experiences of situations that I feel like I've encountered the Lord's been preparing me for, mm-hmm. for this. Yeah. I think the same thing's happened within the church, um, with working with different leaders, working with different staff with lay with um my experiences inside outside the church um you know kind of coming up in a, with and even my the tradition coming in with a more of a catholic traditional rooted system coming to christ through a church organization and really being formed through the wesleyan movement um it's it's interesting the kind of the broad stroke and so um there's a ready there and then you know being having seminary training doesn't necessarily give you the qualification to do it do it all but there's an affirmation perhaps that i feel like that god's um laid on my heart um to continue on to do what i might be doing what well like i said whether i was doing this or not (laughs) so that i think readiness in that in that sense
0: yeah there's a there's a a number of things you you drew out. What I heard from you is some of it was like, there's the community support, the readiness to almost be willing to know that this is not a solo job. You've got tutors and your wife and others and people that can just help you there. There's a willingness. So There's a willingness to do what's necessary to um, let others come in or you partner with others. I love what you talked about with LeBron James and versatility, Mm -hmm. Um, it got me thinking about just awareness of self, knowing your limitations, um, and knowing where maybe your strengths lie. Um, I heard you talk about the story of God and how God has kind of been writing your story. I'm I'm rephrasing a bit, but like the story of God, of him preparing you for this moment. Mm -hmm. And then how you mentioned seminary kind of affirmed the, the call or the invitation into this, um. Which leads me to kind of another question, thinking about this, you know, you kind of got your background here. You're getting saved at a young age, um, going through your journey, having these different work experiences. And now you're about to be this lead pastor. Um, I, I guess, and uh, barely kind of wrestle with this question is like, when you're about to step into this new role, where sometimes when I think of the pastor, I think of it, it's a it's a very weighty responsibility. I, I don't mm-hmm. think people just need to take it lightly and to say, hey, I'm going to go be a pastor because I just love working with people. I think there really does need to be a invitation of God, a partnership with God, and almost a holy fear that just says, Lord, these are your people. I want to care for them well. Help me. How are you approaching this new transition after here's this preparation you've gone through? Here's this journey. Um, I would love to hear if there was places where you may have wrestled to say, do I even become a pastor? Because here's what you said before. Um, your most of your life or journey of your life, you kind of said, I would do this without even getting basically getting paid, or I'll just always do this. So it sounds like there's a naturalness about pastoring people, but then realizing that you're in you've been in the role of pastor at you know, your most recent church and you're about to step into the role of senior pastor or lead pastor. What kind of I guess I'm I'm asking the question of like how are you approaching this? Is there an emotional place that says, oh no, this is serious. Or is there any frameworks there that kind of say, man, I don't want to mess up here. Or are there places where you're just full of joy and full of excitement? Love to kind of hear the internal world of this transition into being pastor and what kind of potential wrestles or journey you're having as you're about to step into this lead role. Yeah, no doubt. Um,
1: We're definitely in this liminal space. Uh, Sharing out with you earlier um, before we got on, but you know, it's a place of that's um, the already come and the not um, um, already received and not yet come. And we kind of live in that place already, right? Um, All clear, Jesus' kingdom has come and we can live in his presence. And we can do that now. We don't have to wait till we die. (laughs) Um, Because if we don't want God now, why would we want him after?
2: that's right
1: <laughs> that's so true so there's a but there's an anticipation that God makes all things new there's restoration um and we're and you get to cast that hope and so there's a place then of um even Christ clearly coming the word become flesh dwell among us John 1 14, that he left his rightful place to come here mm-hmm. and there's a time uh at the right time um I feel, I feel like that's a, a, a Ephesians 3 or Galatians 3. Um, just at the right time, Christ, or God sent Christ to die for us. And um, before his first miracle, Jesus um, tells his mother at the at the wedding at Canaan, when she's like, do something about, we're running out of wine. He's like, woman, my time hasn't come. And he doesn't say that derogatory.
2: Yeah. Uh,
1: but he's just, so my time hasn't yet come yet. Because he knows once when he starts the miracle, then the process is beginning. And it's interesting when you're in a time of transition when you see that ball moving forward. It's like a pivot. Um, you in a transition from I'm going to use basketball again. When there's the, a transition from from um, defense to offense, you set your pivot foot, you set, and then your directional foot is real important where you're going next. But once when you make that step with your lead foot, your front foot, after you planted with your back foot, when you lift your back foot up, you're starting to get momentum, mm-hmm. you're not down the court yet, mm-hmm. technically on offense, but really you're in transition. Your defense is trying to get back. Offense is trying to get, take the advantage. Right. And so I'm in this place of transition. And so that's been a wrestling in and of it itself of trying to be fully present here with the Lord with you with here in Lexington, with, with school, with my family, with the people here um, and not shortchange that um, and realize I'm not fully there yet. So I have, I'm not technically the senior pastor there until September 1st. Um, and so um, again, just to give that to the Lord and peace. I think there's been a wrestling before that um, for a few years of
0: God, where are you doing?
1: There's something you're moving in me. And, um, you know, this last year, I felt that just so overwhelming sense that God's doing something. And part of it, he got me up earlier. I need more time with Jesus. And so that time with the Lord, just like when I started when I was 16 years old, I'm not going to miss a day spending with him. And so it's kind of expanded my Uh, my, not just my time in the word, but time in prayer, um, praying, I'm praying for you specifically. Um, but just praying for people. Um, and, and it's been neat too, to see how the Lord's kind of answered some of those prayers and come near. But I feel like if if he's calling me to, to, to lead this um, church, to really serve it, then I, I need even more time away. Um, so that has been one thing, for sure that's that's shifted where he's re- where I've um, kind of wrestled. is I you're like right now I'm realizing there's not enough time to get everything done each day and I need God's daily the manna from heaven and he's providing and I was talking to my friend about um, proverbs um, I believe it's proverbs 17 um, one through three but it talks about um, how uh, just like silver's tested in the furnace and gold to the crucible. So God will test your heart. And I tell, I told him, I feel like this last year, God's really been been wrestling. I feel like been forged this fire blade and been taken out and kind of made ready for this next season of my life. And my friend um, said, no doubt that's, been the case but he's like brother if you're going to be the sleep pastor of the church he's like the forging's just beginning oh, wow <laughs> i said back i said so well it's like yeah you're so right it's like back in the forge i go back in the forge i go so there's a there's this continuedness then of our both my need for god and this realizing that yeah you can't get it all done the point isn't to get things done i feel like a, a an idol in our culture, at least I'll speak for myself, and I'll for myself is like effectiveness or efficiency. Um, but perhaps, um, or productivity, uh, but perhaps the most productive things we do will take the longest amount of time. Perhaps the most efficient things we do will be be still and know that God is God. But perhaps the most effective things we do won't be the things we do, but the things we do together or things we don't even do, with, we don't even do, but we help empower people because uh, things we can't do ourselves. And so I think that's the, there's a, there's new wrestling where um, I don't know if God's put my hip, hip out of place or anything like that, but um, just all to say that I feel like there's a reposturing of sorts um, of a, a positioning that he's helped me uh, reposture and realize just how desperate I need him. Mm-hmm. Which is a good—I feel like—which is a good prep. If you're telling people their need for Jesus, we better remind, be uh, preach first to ourselves and know our
0: desperate need for Him as well. That's a great word you said there, because I was, was going to ask you because um, I'm about to run out of time. But I was, I was just going to ask you about just a word of encouragement, especially in light of what you just said, because I think my heart in writing this book was birthed out of prayer. The book was birthed. I was in a fast. Um, I was on a 21-day fast. And as I got to the latter part of the fast, I started reading Moses and started seeing how Moses was wrestling. But it's interesting. That's, that was almost like a prayer for a moment Moses was having. He's engaging God, and God is dealing with certain areas of his life and his heart, whether it was his identity or his faith or whether it was his authority or his worth and all these other things. And so what I'm hearing from you is a very similar thing. When we're wrestling, it's not just mere wrestling with life circumstances or life matters, but it's really wrestling with God to say, what are you doing? What's happening here? And to be able to have that kind of relationship where we see God properly, it's okay to wrestle with Him. It's almost like, you know, we think about our children. You know, our kids, sometimes they're testing their strength. They're testing their boundaries. They're testing their abilities, and they need a sparring partner. And I think how the Lord sometimes can do that with us is that, You know, to what you mentioned about that that proverb, just the testing the heart. Um, so love, if you wouldn't mind in these last moments, um I may ask you to come on again because there's so much I want to hear more, especially after you transition. I want to hear more about just how the story unfolds. And this is what I'm gonna love about this podcast. It's like it's endless stories um Mm -hmm. that's gonna happen, but just to hear right now, we're hearing a nugget of just kind of your journey to where you're going. Um, and just where you even are now as you're in that pre-stage before you get to the, you know, actually leading. But I love if you would mind those that may be in transition right now, or they know that something's coming, it's very clear in their hearts, but they're not there yet. Would you mind just giving just a word of encouragement, especially maybe if you choose to, in light of how you're talking about your wrestle, in your time, times with the Lord, if there's any place there you want to encourage people, whether it's practical things to say, hey, consider this, consider that, or whether mm-hmm. it's more abstract and philosophical to, to know that you don't talk about God's character, whatever you choose. But I love if yeah. you had, maybe, give a little bit of some encouragement to those that are probably in the same boat that yeah. they it's supposed to come, but it's not here yet. Yeah.
1: No, I think um, everyone maybe processes a little differently. Um, and I think God's calling us into his presence, you know, brother Andrew wrote that book, practice the presence of God. Um, I really do think that's where life is found. And so how's God calling us? The question I ask, how's God calling us to come near and not just to come near, but to, to be, um, in his presence. And there's a big difference between having proximity to Jesus than being in his presence. Mm. Big difference, and so you talk about wrestling. Well, wrestling, the, you're getting into somebody. You you can smell them, you can feel them, you can hear them. Um, uh, there's probably things when you're if you ever actually wrestled. Uh, actually, my dad was a wrestling coach. I wrestled for a long time. That's cool. You, you can actually there's a difference when you're that sort of contact, and um, there's a special place when you have that sort of presence where you're in that, um, tight, intimate space with somebody. And, um, you know, one thing was, and again, everyone's a little different, but one thing I noticed with my youngest or my middle son, Tyler, um, I'd ask if he wanted to pray and he, and he just didn't want to, he couldn't engage. So then, but he's so handsy. And I said, well, do you want to wrestle pray? He's like, what's wrestle pray? And so I put him in a headlock, you know, a, a half Nelson, and, and then, you know, put him in a cradle, and then he would, have, he would be praying while he's doing this. And, dear God, thank you for, and then I'd, like, put him there, and he's laughing and praying. But there's something active um, with, with that he was able to engage and pray while we were doing that. And I think for me, like when I take walks, like I need to have clear my mind or listen to music, there's something that God does. And there's things I've shared with you that God's revealed. I'm just stopping my walk and writing my notes on my phone, something that He's put on my heart. And so, whatever that is for you, that go into God's presence, this throne room, mm-hmm. um, and here, uh, not just say what we need to say, but actually listen to what God has to say. Is He speaking? Well, we say, Here I am? Because that's in that Abraham passage uh, um, with Isaac that I was telling you about. He answers, responds three times. Here I am. Um, And so there's a readiness to respond, a, a willingness to sacrifice, a willingness to do what God's called us to do. That demonstrates our faith in action, that our faithfulness. Not that it's just he rewards us of that, but that because... The the real story in that, with the sacrifice of Isaac and Jacob, isn't Abraham's faithfulness, although that's noble. In my opinion, it's God's faithfulness.
2: Mm.
1: Abraham provided the ram. I mean, God provided the ram, not Abraham. That's
2: right.
1: Just like those men that filled up the water jugs at the wedding at Cana, they didn't perform the miracle. Mm. My professor, Dr. Adonjo, would say, no, it was Jesus that performed the miracle. They carried, they got to participate.
2: Right.
1: Perform the miracle; they participated in it. Mm. That's what God calls us into. So, how's He then calling us then to participate on the front side before the water turns into wine? Mm. Will we will we carry heavy water for miles?
2: Mm.
1: Wow! Will we take up the knife, ready to sacrifice?
0: Wow! And will we trust that God's with us to the very end of the age? That's so good. You know, it make me think about um, as we're ending, like, you know, my my transition from the university I've been a part of for 11 years. It, it was a faith step. And it's like, mm. was I willing to let go of the perceived security to know mm. that the timing was done, that I need to transition into new things, that God wanted to do something and to not know where income was going to come from? And to see God's faithfulness and how he's been faithful. But to, to what you're saying, I love just the imagery is so rich. I've never heard of it that way. Will we be willing to carry the heavy water? Will we be willing to raise the knife? Um, gosh, that I'm going to be meditating on that. Just thinking, man, it, am, am I willing to participate in the process? Um, um, will that, well, that one? No, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead.
1: It's interesting. In my study, Isaac is literally carrying the wood on his back.
0: Right.
1: He's carrying the wood on his back Hmm. and Isaac's looking around, looking for where he noticed there's no, there's no sacrifice. There's no animal sacrifice. He's like, where's the sacrifice? Hmm. And interestingly, Abraham said, God will provide the sacrifice. My son, just think about that. What the, that play there, if there's more there, I haven't studied that in detail. But that God provided the sacrifice, and clearly it wasn't time yet. God had a different plan, I think, for us a son to be sacrificed, for a larger sacrifice on his end, that would carry a different type of wood, Hmm. cross, so he'd bear up a mountain. But there wouldn't be a ram. He would be the sacrificial
0: lamb. Amen.
2: Amen.
0: But he took that on for us. That's the evangelist in you that I love. Brought it back to the gospel. I love that. Um, just the the beauty of what this is really about. You're right, um, bro, is that it's it's about what God is God's faithfulness, what God was going to do. And it's what I'm I'm learning as I'm going through my Bible readings um each year. I'm realizing this is not a story about humans. This mm-hmm. is a story about God's faithfulness. And, um, know, one of the, in my, one of my chapters, I call it, it's the wrestle with God's faithfulness, the wrestle of faith in God's faithfulness and realizing that, that sometimes the journey, that's what I'm hearing from your heart is that, can I continue to believe that God is faithful and embrace God as being faithful? His character is true. And while I continue just to participate and be a part of that journey is what I'm hearing from you. It's powerful, bro. Well, um, man, we've got so much more to talk about, but the time doesn't permit. But, um, Bro, thank you for just coming on for this time. I love, again, I'm going through just cycles of, I don't know how many people I'm going to get the opportunity to interview. I would love to bring you back on just to chat some more, especially post starting the pastorate and kind of with the journey of some things you've learned. This is going to be great just to hear more about that. But for those listening, I want you to just consider some of the things that Pastor Derek has just kind of mentioned today and the the beauty of here's God writing his story and the insights that he has and to see if the Lord can use that to encourage you. And I'm trusting my prayer is that the Lord will use Derek's story to encourage you on your journey, especially when you're in transition, when you know that, hey, there is something to come and it's mine, I've received it, but it's just not manifested yet. It's not here yet. So will you continue to trust in God's faithfulness as you're watching things play out? It's almost like you're watching this movie of your life. And that's the heart of why I'm even doing the podcast I wrote the book is that you and I, all of us, we've been invited into a story that's not ours. It's God's. And so sometimes we're we're participating and we're watching the story. And we're really watching our goal. What I'm hearing from Derek, particularly, is like as we're in our times of prayer, we're watching the storyteller do what he does best. So sometimes he may not speak very clearly right yet, and we wrestle through that, but we watch him do what he does. Abram had to watch God provide a ram. Um, the, 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 these guys who carry these heavy water jugs had to watch Jesus do a miracle. Um, when Derek was talking earlier, I kept thinking about the shooter I think it was a Shunammite woman, or Elijah, the prophet Elijah says, hey, she's ready to die. I'm about to make some food for me and my son. We're going to go die. And 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 he's like, well, just make a cake for me. And the Lord is going to provide. And he did. She, so she had to watch this provision. Um, and various different things all throughout the scripture. God is the one who is faithful. So as you've listened today, I trust that the Holy Spirit just really has spoken to your heart using Derek's story just to keep you encouraged. Go spend that time with him. Just go get that, go get quiet with the Lord. Go wrestle with him. Go pray as you're in the um, you know, in some wrestle position, as Derek said with his son. Mm-hmm. To go pray and wrestle um and 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 have those moments where it's in your way. If you're the person that's quiet and sits in a chair and has moments with the Lord, so be it. But if you need to be active and go wrestle in other ways, so be it. Whatever that is, is the fact that you're doing it with the Lord. So be encouraged today, friends, um, as we wrestle all wrestle with this invitation that God has for us. And just know that um, the Lord, above all things, is the one who's faithful to your story. Thanks for tuning in today. Definitely appreciate you all. Be sure to support us um, so that we can continue to have great interviews and great things. You can hear the, um, just the great stories of many people that God is speaking to and has written the story of. Um, if you need me, reach out. Um, contact information should be below to um, f- support our channel or podcast. And we'll just go from there. All right, gang. Have a good one. Peace. Thank you for joining us on today's podcast. I hope this episode helped you learn more about your story and God's calling on your life. I also hope that you have been activated, cultivated, and empowered to become the ace you are called to be. Go and excel in the things you are called to do. Please subscribe to this podcast and become a monthly financial supporter of our podcast. If you haven't already, order a copy of Wrestling With Your Calling from our website, wrestlingwithyourcalling.com. Also, be on the lookout for new podcast episodes every week. I hope you are encouraged today. Have a great rest of the day. Bye for now.